Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's podcast. I'm John Howard. I'm joined by Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest today is Chris Austin, the publisher and editor of Maven's Notebook, the creator of Maven's Notebook, which is all about water. And since we're surrounded by water, although we're not flooded right now, but since we're surrounded by water right now, Chris, thank you very much for coming here. And we wanted to ask you a couple of questions about your take on everything that's going on. Okay, great. It's great to be here, John. Well, thank you. I'm going to have a sip of coffee right now. <laughs> is, that a, is that a suggestion on how boring it is to talk about water? It's not right now. Maybe, maybe under usual circumstances. Um, so a lot of things that have happened over the last couple of weeks we never thought would happen. Uh, the spillways up in, up in Oroville. Um, wh- how does that affect water users, those of us who drink and use water everywhere else but up there? How does that affect us down south? Well, it's not really going to affect things, uh, I don't think, so much. The, it's uh, just getting the water out of the reservoir was a problem, but I think um, it's not going to affect water use, and I don't think it's going to affect water supply so much because um, they can control it now, so they can let the reservoir come back up. Um, I saw a story the other day that said um, about a third, I think, of the water consumption in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles Basin, it comes through here. Is that possible? comes out of Orville. It affects about a third of the consumption down there. Is that possible? Well, um, I think that we get a third of, Southern California gets a third of their water from the state water project, uh-huh. but not necessarily out of Oroville. Um, okay. It's like uh, the water in San Luis Reservoir, yeah. some of that is state water project water, and some of that is what <clears throat> they send south to uh to Southern California. Uh-huh. Actually, they use Oroville, from my understanding. Uh, they use Oroville more for keeping the Delta fresh and meeting water quality standards. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, uh-huh. have you been to the Oroville spillway? Have you ever been there? I have been there, but not since they had the emergency. But I think DWR has been doing a great job with getting their pictures out and the drone videos up on YouTube really fast. So you don't really need to travel up there. You can see it all much better with the pictures and the video. Mm-hmm. You know, I drive by um, the San Luis Reservoir all the time. We go down to Monterey, and we go 5 to 152 mm-hmm. through the Pacheco Pass. Yes. And when we go up towards the pass, going westbound, and San Luis is on the left, it looks like an inland ocean. It's unbelievable. It's like you're in the middle of an ocean somewhere. It's just absolutely incredible. And now the water is, is coming up. It's down so long for so many years. It looked like almost a desert. And now it's starting to get back up. It's just sort of amazing. Yeah, they actually, they're going to fill up San Luis this year. And actually, that's bad news for people who have had water stored there um, that they've been keeping there because when they fill up the reservoir, that's the first, the stored water is the first to get dumped. So, you what? know, people people like the, in Santa Barbara, the Central Coast Agency had water in San Luis that they were saving uh-huh. and they risked losing it. So I think they tried to move it out and move it into storage like at Kern what do you mean, mean move it out? You mean is there like a valve or a spillway or something? If it gets too full, they put it into the four bay? I, or think, they... I think 
technically, I don't think they actually spill the water out that represents, but they, they would let that water go down the canal instead of pumping it up into San Luis, they'd send okay. it down. they do okay. a, tr a, a transfer like that. But the idea is that when the reservoir is filling, if you have somebody storing water in there for future transfer, um, they're not going to save that space for you, the people who have the water in the reservoir, they're going to fill it up. Okay. So your water What's wrong with away. this picture? There's something wrong with this picture. It well, just seems... it, if you're the one that has the stored water in yeah. the reservoir, then you're upset. If you're the one that wants to have full access to all that water in the reservoir, you're, you're all for that. Okay. okay. <laughs> Do the ones that have stored water there have to pay for the right to have stored water there? Yeah, well, if you're transferring water and you don't have a water bank, uh -huh. you know, then you're, that's where that was like sort of their reserve that, and they it was okay to keep it there because San Luis hadn't filled in so many years. Yeah, but now it's filling. So like <laughs> you mentioned earlier uh, before we were uh, doing the podcast, but you mentioned um, that some folks might be withdrawing or want to resolve this issue with the tunnels. You'd mentioned the water forum. Oh yes, yes. That's something we can talk about, or oh yeah, sure, okay. yeah. What exa what what is the issue there, and what happened? Well, um, Sacramento has a letter they sent to the state water board regarding the Delta tunnels, mm -hmm. or there they um, have a list of uh, conditions they want to put into the water license that about uh, uh, operations at Folsom. Uh -huh. um, one of the concerns that Sacramento area water agencies had was that um, if with the Delta tunnels that Folsom Reservoir would be operated so aggressively to keep the Delta fresh that in some years it would draw Folsom Reservoir down too low. And a lot of cities, okay. a lot of, you know, there's some people that depend on that for water supply. So they now have a plan that they want to submit to the state water board uh, that says that if you put these conditions on Folsom Reservoir operations, we will not protest the tunnels. Mm -hmm. And the Sacramento Water Forum, which is the uh, cooperative group of water agencies and environments and stakeholders here in the Sacramento, Val uh, Sacramento region, yeah. they have agreed to this. Is that, a, is that a significant step in whether the tunnels ultimately get built? Is this you know, desire to resolve their issues, is that significant? I, I think it is. I mean, it's, as uh, the Department of Water Resources and Bureau of Reclamation, the people trying to do the tunnels go through and resolve these protests, they're slowly but surely, yeah. um, you know, reducing the people that are protesting the tunnels. Uh -huh. okay. I mean, they're still, the Delta people, I'm sure, will never be on board with the tunnels, but they seem to be um, doing well at getting the surrounding regions to. You know, and speaking of the tunnels, uh, what would have happened, supposing we had the exact sort of an incident we have now, where Orville Dam's full, the spillway's starting to break, and what would, would there be anything different if the tunnels were in place? Would we have other options for moving water around because the tunnels, I know that one of the things about the tunnels is people were concerned because they were so much larger than anyone ever imagined they needed to be. And I'm thinking that it's probably an incident exactly like this is why they were designed to be so big. Well, the idea is that um, when there's a lot of water, they're going to move a lot of water down south. They'll be able to move more water in those times. Um, I think this year we just had so much water that tunnels or no tunnels. I mean, San Luis Reservoir is filled. That's our south of Delta storage. Um, 
And this year, even if we had the tunnels, I don't think we could have moved any more water than we have. It's almost full. But um, it would probably be in the less wetter years that there would be an advantage to that. Um, but again, it also points out when we have all this water, we really are kind of short on you know storage mm -hmm. south of the delta, especially. Um, Does this affect uh, groundwater storage at all? Uh, this is a question I guess a farmer could answer better than us, but. Uh, does it affect ground? We've, we kept hearing about groundwater being extracted so much at parts of the valley that there was subsidence. And does all this water and rain, does it recharge groundwater? It will to some extent. And many agencies are trying to move as much water as they can into yeah. places to recharge the aquifers. So there, there will be some of that going on. Will it be enough to you know make up for all the, the drought years and the um, high amounts of pumping, probably not. Mm -hmm. But it's going to put something back in there, yes. Well, in, in some cases, once, once the ground subsided, it's not going back up, is that correct? No, yeah. but there's still room to put right. water in. But no, it's, it's probably not going to go back up, not in, in some places. Some places it might. Um, it depends on how much clay there is in the soil. Because it's when the clay gets compacted, that's when you really lose the space. So. Is the... Um I know we said we wouldn't mention his name, but is the Trump administration, is there a connection here between our water issues, things we want to do? Well, he did Trump? say there was no drought, and this year he's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what's going to happen, uh, you know. It's a federal funding issue, basically, right? So, or can he do something with an executive order? to, uh, you know, I don't know, inundate California? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's promised to do something. But, uh, we'll see. He'll, yeah. he'll, he's proven he'd do anything. <laughs> anything. Perhaps he's been geoengineering in all of our, uh, all of our weather here. <laughs> what, the conspiracy theorists. Is, what should we, uh, over the next couple of weeks, do you have any thoughts about, you've been looking at the weather reports, I guess, like we have. I mean, did you any... Any uh, crystal ball here? What happens over the next couple of weeks, water-wise? Well, we're we're really going to hope that we don't get a nice warm storm that go into the Sierra and rain on all our big huge snowpack and send it all tumbling down into the valley like it did in 1997. It could happen, yeah. It, it could happen. We have a big, huge, beautiful snowpack now, almost 200 percent of normal in some places, um, and if it stays up there. Uh, we're in good shape. If it all comes down, different story. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to hope, you know, it stays up. There's uh, uh, the acting director of DWR. I saw a news briefing he did a few days ago. I know. Lucky him, huh? <laughs> Mark, Cowan, Mark Cowan retires on Failed December 31st. He's probably off in some tropical island going, glad it's not me. Bring me more island. drinks with, with umbrellas in them. <laughs> well, this guy said... Uh, uh, Somebody asked, well, so what are the chances, even after this rain stops and we take care of the issue now, what are the chances of more flooding? And he said, well, there are 2.5 million acre feet up there in the snow. So the bottom line is what you're saying, but it all comes down to once we're, you know, out of luck, I guess. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's going to be serious. Yeah. So we're going to hope that, uh, that it all stays up there. And, and, and we'll have, you'll go hiking with it in July. And you've added a betting and odds uh, section on your site so people can bet on where the levee will go out. <laughs> you know, it's colder out there now. 
uh, as we tape this Wednesday morning at about 11:30. It's cold. It's actually chillied up today, and it's colder now. So maybe uh, yes. either we freeze or we flood. I don't know what the well, freeze is better. Right? Yeah, let's freeze and let's let's go skiing. Okay. Okay, well, on that happy note, uh, Chris Austin, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Tim Foster, thank you. Thank you. And, and Chris, what is the URL for your website oh. if people want more information? Sure. If you, at, for all things water, it's mavensnotebook.com, M-A-V-E-N-S, and then notebook like a notebook. Okay. okay. You will. There's more water information there than you will ever want. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> and if you're really curious, write or call Chris Austin and ask her why she named it Maven's Notebook. That's the big mystery. We Wait. Want. There we go. So that last question. So why did you name it Maven's Notebook? You know, <laughs> we just thought we'd embarrass her. You know? I know. Silly name for a website. It was never supposed to to take off. I I didn't know what to call it. So I just. Came up with that. It's all just start publishing. New York here. Times. That and name then was already took, taken. I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. on that note, now Thanks you again. know everything we know. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Chris. And oh. we'll catch you next time around. Thanks oh. for having me. Yep. Sure. The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations.